0: It's an 87th Precinct podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode for Book 35, Heat, from 1981, which is a pretty densely packed set of stories. It's set in the sweltering heat of a city in August... And if you'll have listened to our main episode, presumably, you'll know what we thought of that and what we rated it. So time to get down to the important business of looking at the book covers mm-hmm. and our own editions first. And I suspect very strongly that we all have exactly the same one down to every detail. <laughs> yeah. So mm. my one, as I hold it in my hand, is a pan paperback, gold, gold stripe, McBain and 87th Precinct mystery. And it just shows a fan. It yep.
1: does,
2: yeah. It really does.
0: Have we all got the one, does it cost one
2: seventy-five on your editions? Oh, my, mine's a, a, a princely sum of £2.50 on, on, on this one. Mine's 2
1: pounds oh. <gasps> Well, I've, I've been made a fool of. They're all slightly different.
2: <laughs> Very slightly different. The
1: same, but slightly different. Slightly different. <laughs> yeah, this edition published 1983, mine.
0: So mine's 1983 as well, but uh, hmm. which presumably means Morgan's is as well. And yeah. it, I still don't fully understand the numbers on the on the publication sort of copyright pages on this, but uh, I, I suspect it means there was quite a lot of runs of this done, so that's why yeah. it's gone up. So how, how much? Was, how
1: much was uh, yours?
0: One seventy-five. Yeah, it shows can... you what
1: inflationary times there were when the price of a book is going up by about 60% in a, black yeah, black yeah, black that's in, a in a uh, in
0: a <laughs> it uh, explains one of the reasons why there was quite a lot of riots anyway uh, yeah, quite turbulent
1: <laughs> economic times then
0: yeah. but yeah there's, there's nothing particularly outstanding about my copy other than it's slightly falling a bits and it's got a sticker in the front cover telling me that this book belonged to Michael Blumenthal from uh, Ashburton Road in Birkenhead Merseyside mm, okay go.
1: mine has got three prices crossed out inside which I don't really understand I think it's cut maybe two pounds and 70p and then that's crossed oh, out as oh. well so God knows how much this costs I suspect I got it on eBay I think I got mine for £1.
2: Yeah, no particularly distinguishing features on this one over here. Um, but, uh, yeah, just looking a bit yellow. Um, spine completely faded, as these editions uh, tend to.
1: Yeah, my spine's holding out all right, actually. Oh, yeah, this
0: mine's not too bad, but it is a rubbish book cover, this one, isn't it? It's just a fan. Mm, it it's is, not, yeah. not. They haven't
2: really tried terribly hard, have they?
0: No. I mean, Colin Thomas, he's taken a lot of good photos for these book covers on the Pan Editions, but he clearly didn't get a very good brief for this one. <laughs> or he just sort of swivelled round in his chair, took a photo and turned back again. Yeah, <laughs>
1: perhaps he missed a deadline, thought, shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, steve do you want to huff your book? Yeah, or Oh, straight in.
1: <clears throat> oh, well, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Middle middling odours there.
0: Right, I'll have a go at mine. I'll have to move my microphone a second. Well, that's, that's, I like that. That's, that's what I call, okay. Morgan? Let's have a go. Here we are.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, given how yellowed and sort of, Slightly damp. This edition looks it, it's less pungent than I expected, is it? There's a slight sort of
0: slightly acrid kind of edge to it, but it's not too bad. Acrid, acrid. good word. Yeah, <laughs>
1: excellent.
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's have a look at the original editions. So, so the US hardback edition mm-hmm. uh, should be the first one you've got there. Describe, would you, Morgan? Describe the first one that you I have sent if you.
2: If I'm looking at the right thing, so it's just a, a, a detective's badge. Um, yep. uh, rendered in slightly dramatic lighting um, and then we've got uh, the word heat above it in sort of flame-coloured dramatic lettering Yeah, uh, and uh, that's basically it really
1: well you're, mi- you're missing the uh, the midriff in the middle of the
2: oh yeah I totally haven't even paid
0: attention to that <laughs> so, me.
1: there's a body in the middle of it which doesn't make that much sense mm. so there's
0: clearly a female body like the from just below the uh, breastular region to the the pant line, so we've got a belly button on display, which has nothing to do with the book whatsoever. No context midriff, other than the idea possibly an idea to do with Augusta being in. I don't know, it's just, it's... yeah,
1: it seems odd. It's, though, yeah. it's shite that one, nought out of ten. <laughs> Oh, a
2: nought out of ten. Didn't spot that because I was looking at it in thumbnail. I only saw it when I clicked on it and made it bigger. But uh, yeah, I don't really get that. And then the lettering, I guess, is, is quite
1: quite nice. No, I don't know. One out of ten. <laughs> one. Yeah. It's not really good.
0: It does say an 87th Precinct novel on the front, which the last two hmm. didn't. That's true. Although if we then go to the next one, if Steele describes the next one. Oh,
1: this is more like it. Was a man in shades pointing a gun at me. Yeah. Summer is no season for suicide, but murder happens all year round. Dot, dot, dot.
0: <laughs> and
1: then, yeah, heat. Oh. The new 87. Yeah, that's more like it. That that gets your attention, doesn't it?
0: So that's the Ballantine paperback edition, which mm. is weird that it came out in Ballantine. just the only one that came out in Ballantine. So I don't know what was happening there. It says on the front in a little star, first time in paperback. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Well there we go. Quite liking that, yeah.
0: But you know, it's an it, it's all right. I mean it's definitely better than the other one we just talked about. But again, it is someone pointing a gun, which is the go-to for mm. <laughs> for these designs, it's regardless of the content most totally of the time. Very generic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not the gun described in this book. Because it no. does talk no. about it being the sort of gun that'll probably blow a hole in a sp- horse. Yeah. Put a hole in a horse. Uh, next one I'll I'll describe it's the UK Hardback edition. It just says Ed McBain at the top in sort of blocky letters. Mm-hmm. And below that in heat haze design. And also really badly photographed because it's got a, a shiny front cover on it, presumably. <laughs> it's just it's just sort of shimmering the word heat. Yeah, you know, sort of shimmering. that
1: would be better for a book that was entitled Condensation, wouldn't it? That? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ed McBain's Condensation.
1: Yeah, that's ru- it's just that's a colour rub- that's, that's rubbish as well. They're all do rubbish. You,
0: these. Aren't I, they? I can say, do you, do you, I,
2: I might be trying to read too much into this one, but do you think maybe the uh, the the sort of the colours behind might be trying to echo the abstract impressionist paintings, the expressionist paintings rather that are referred to in the novel. It's, oh, possibly. What but, we're doing—that uh, might be a bit too much of a stretch, to be honest. But I think that's a very forgiving
0: view of it. Um, <laughs> but I'm just trying the, to make a West German flag. That it does look like it, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, as always, I'll share these on our, our various social media things. But I think we're entering a period, and it's not just McBain, obviously, of book cover design not being great for thrillers and crime stuff mm-hmm. coming they're,
1: up. They're I, I probably the think. the worst selection yet, I would say.
0: Just uninspiring, aren't they?
2: Yeah. yeah you, you kind of feel like the uh, the halcyon days of, of design might be be uh, in the thing of the past for uh, for these things, yeah. That those well, green we'll greenback s- penguins seem a long yeah, time ago.
0: Definitely. Well, we'll see. There's changes in publishers coming up in the next one, at least in America, anyway. Uh, so we'll see what that brings mm-hmm. next time. So there you go. That's the book covers there. Now, what else have we got to do? So we'll have a. I'll have a quick look at some of the stuff about 1981 in music, fil- TV, and film, and we'll offer some thoughts on you know, where you could focus your attentions in 1981. Mm-hmm. I've got the Billboard Hot 100 and UK official top 10 from the time this came out, which was November in 1981. Oof. And, I mean, looking down this list, I'm not going to make you guess, really, but it's very... The America one is... Well, you wouldn't be surprised with anything that's in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'll tell you what's in at number 10 and the American top hot, Billboard Hot 100 is... The theme from Hill Street Blues. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Because 1981 is the year that Hill Street Blues comes on board.
1: Excellent. Uh,
0: so be prepared for references to that coming up in future 87th Precinct stories. <laughs> Angry McBain starts <laughs> writing about it. Uh,
1: I'm just going to pause here because I'm going to have to feed my cats because they're just meowing their heads off and I won't get any peace. I'll be back in a minute.
0: Might just leave this in. (laughs) Exciting
1: interlude. Right, all done, I'm back.
0: Hey, (laughs) okie-dokie.
1: Right, top ten.
0: I mean, the the British chart's quite a lot of really big names. Um, Well, in fact, all of it is, really. Is this Hmm.
1: Singles?
0: Yeah, Singles.
1: Dexies, something like them kicking
0: around. Well, it it could be. I'll just run it down, because Hmm. there's so many it could be at this time. I'll do the UK top ten. Number one was "Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic" by The Police. Oh, aye. <laughs> Number two is <laughs> "Happy Birthday" by Altered Images. Oh, tune. Uh, <laughs> when she was my girl by the Four Tops. Labeled with love by Squeeze. Oh yeah. Number four. Number five, Joan of Arc by OMD. Hmm. Number six is "It's My Party" Dave Stewart with Barbara oh, Gaskin. Oh yeah just a strange remake of a very
2: odd cover version
0: yeah yeah number seven is begin the Begin volvo a Empezza by julio iglesias That's Old julio in at number eight new under pressure by queen and david bowie hmm. number nine favorite shirts boy meets girl by haircut 100 oh yeah yeah but at number 10 it was tonight i'm yours brackets don't hurt me Rod Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) The the American chart's a bit more um, Rocky Poppy type of stuff, I think. Because number one is uh, Hall of Notes with private eyes. Oh, yeah. Number two, Start Me Up, The Rolling Stones. Number three is The Entrancing Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Delightful. We've got Foreigner in at number four. They are waiting for a girl like you. Then Bob Seeger Try to Live My Life Without You. Oh. Mm-hmm. The Little River Band, The Night Owls. Oh, wow. Which I don't know anything about The Little River Band or the, the song The Night Owls. I assume it is a song about some night owls. It's like a kid's song about some <laughs> owls. Come along.
1: Tweet, twoo, tweet, twoo.
0: Exactly like that. Air Supplier at number seven. Here I am, brackets, just when I thought I was over you, close brackets. I've Done Everything For You by Rick Springfield. Then at number nine is Arthur's theme, Best That You Can oh, Do yeah. by Christopher Cross oh, <laughs> from the film Arthur. Oh, yeah. And then, as I say, Hill Street Blues, which is a phenomenal th- theme song, the Hill Street Blues theme. It sure is. So, fair bit of music news then in 1981 as well, such as Bucks Fizz winning the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. yeah. Which the Eurovision Song Contest would have been taking place next weekend.
1: Oh, I guess so, yeah. But obviously is isn't now. Are they doing it remotely or something? Though? Nope, they're not. Just delaying it.
0: Yeah. And can you guys put together some Iron Maiden news for me in September of 1981? Bruce
1: Dickinson joined.
0: Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So the, both the firing of Paul Dano and um, the hiring of Bruce Dickinson for Iron Maiden.
2: From, from Samson.
0: Yeah, so... A significant year in the life of Iron Maiden there. Mm. Movies. (laughs) I've got the top 10 grossing US films here. So you can probably guess that Arthur is in there because the song is in the (laughs) Dudley Moore off being a little tiny sex symbol. Oh, yeah, quite. (laughs) I think Raiders of the Lost Ark?
2: Oh,
1: yes, it was.
0: Number one.
1: Have you got like a Rocky sequel,
0: maybe? Not in the top ten. We've got a wacky chase movie. Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run, number six. Fantastic. Mm. We've got a race movie. That's a clever joke, you see, after that one I've just said. Chariots of Fire.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah, I see. Uh, that's number seven, <laughs> which suggests to history that Chariots of Fire is not as good as the Cannonball Run.
1: Well, it probably isn't, is it? <laughs> yeah, Smokey and the Bandit Part 2, was that 1981?
0: It might have been, but I don't think it was in the top ten grossing films. Aww. Yeah,
1: but it wasn't far off, you know?
0: Well, I'm afraid I haven't got that information to hand, so...
1: It's just, in the uh, US, or is this a world? Well,
0: US, but it's representative, I think. I guess,
1: 1980, Smoking the Bandit 2. Oh, well, there you go. Uh,
0: Bond film in 1981.
1: Uh, for Your Eyes Only. Yep,
0: and that was number 8, gross, highest grossing film. So the ones that we've not got. On Golden Pond is the second um, highest yeah. grossing. Superman 2, which is. I still love that, brilliant film. Mm-hmm. Number 3. We had Arthur. Then there's Stripes, which is the Bill Murray one. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the only one, other one we didn't get is a thing called The Four Seasons. Hmm. Which is either about the piece of music, literally the four seasons, or those pizzas you get with different bits on every quarter. I don't know.
1: Smoking <laughs> the Bandit Part 2 was the eighth most popular film released in 1980.
0: We probably talked about it in the last episode. We possibly did. So yeah.
2: We'll so probably talk about it again. Who knows?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got a few little uh, quick TV things that, that came out in 1981. So, obviously, I mentioned Hill Street Blues debuting, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that more as time goes on. Uh, in November in America, The Fall Guy started. Oh, yeah.
1: Right. Was that the one with the. Was he uh, He's a. Stuntman? Stuntman, stunt man. yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. Who solved crimes at the same time or something? Essentially, yeah. Uh, just
0: another one where he had no business doing what he was doing, <laughs> but he could use his skills. But if you've ever listened to the full-length version of the theme tune, it's absolutely ludicrous. It's just a list of people... It. it Sounds like the characters getting more and more angry about the fact that he does all the stunts and then the stars step in and take the women. Yeah, at the end. So I think the the the, the hook line of the chorus is like, "I'm the unknown
2: stuntman who makes Eastwood look so fine," or something like that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it definitely opens with, "I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with Farrah. <laughs> it's all that sort of stuff, you know. Just sort of, just getting more and more angry in the full length version <laughs> a bit by the end. It's like. Burt Reynolds again! <laughs> <laughs> Our Australian friends would have been treated to a country practice, which I seem to remember being on over here, a soap opera type thing set in. A country practice? Yeah. It, it, You're like
1: getting mixed up with the uh, flying doctors, are you? No, it's,
0: it's a more ground-based doctor program, I believe, but oh. similar. <laughs>
1: Antipodean ground-based. I'm not interested in those. I prefer airborne health <laughs> solvers. <laughs>
0: anyway, it was regardless of its its position in relation to the surface of the Earth. It was it, it was on and on for quite a long time. But in the oh, it was a golden era in the UK. This was anyway. I'll throw some names out here that you're just going to be bowled over by mm. such as pigeon street Ooh, nice oh second. brilliant pigeon street was a kids program which was just
1: fabulous and people with <laughs> giant up, didn't they? trousers didn't it? pigeon street <laughs> yeah and <laughs> sleeves as well
0: yeah it was great animation boop boop
1: That's the sound <laughs> of the pigeons it had long long distance clara in who was a female lorry driver 1981 yeah,
2: feminist icon long distance clara
0: that's why we've grown up so woke. Oh, I don't like saying that out loud. Uh, the word. It's so uncomfortable, uh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Postman Pat starts in. Oh, 19. Frankie. Yeah,
1: he's, he's good, yeah.
0: So I think great. people, if they haven't seen it, they can probably figure that out.
1: Uh, Ted Glenn was uh, a good character in Postman Pat.
0: He had a mustache, didn't he? he? did.
1: He's the guy who could fix fix anything. He had a great song as well. Which <laughs> I'd sing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh Lee, What was the song called? Leave it, leave it to me. Leave it to me. Leave it with me. Leave it, leave it with me. Yeah, Ted Glenn, good guy.
0: Yeah, very, very sort of nice uh, pastoral scenes of a man delivering letters and getting into mild situations. (laughs) Only fools and horses starts in 1981. Yeah. yeah. Oh right, okay. Which is obviously a very long-running comedy show that continues to dominate discussions about what the best comedy is despite the fact that it was occasionally quite patchy and went on for a long time and repeated itself quite a bit. I'll probably get into trouble yeah. by people saying that.
1: I don't know. Yeah.
0: It had its moments. It certainly yeah its when moments. it when
1: it was when it was good it was very good but
0: yeah yeah. It did go on a long time. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the T V series, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love. Fantastic graphics, fantastic cast. The game show Bullseye. Marvellous. Oh, right. okay. Everyone loves darts-based trivia shows. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, bloody hell. That's great, yeah. that.
0: Danger Mouse, the cartoon Danger Mouse, which I think was shown in America as well, so... It's referenced on, on The Simpsons at
2: one point, so it must have been, yeah, there's definitely Danger Dog in an episode um, of The Simpsons, which is very clearly based on it, so...
0: Yeah, Danger Mouse is absolutely brilliant. It's that's basically like Monty Python wrote a spy cartoon and decided the main guy was a mouse (laughs) who
1: lived in a uh, pillar box, didn't he?
0: He did. It was underneath two two one B Baker Street.
1: (laughs) Yeah, where did Baron Greenback live? I can't remember. He
0: lived in a flying sort of frog-shaped vehicle. Did he? Yeah. I can't remember what it was called now off the top of my head, but I watched an episode of it not long ago, which was clearly a, a tribute to Yellow Submarine because it Baron Greenback trapped Danger Mouse and his sidekick Penfold in a dream world, a dream cloud, and it was one of the most bonkers things I've ever seen, and it was absolutely brilliant. Excellent. So if you get a chance to see Danger Mouse, watch it. Loads on YouTube. And Steve, oh, I've saved this for last just for you.
1: All right.
0: Bergerac. Oh, right, <laughs> okay, yeah, bloody hell,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> How would you sum up Bergerac for the uninitiated?
1: Very similar to the 87th Precinct
0: <laughs>
1: in that it's set, it's fairly similar to Isola, the island of Jersey. So instead of New York, kind of, it's St. Helier, the parishes <laughs> there off Jersey Island, with a recovering alcoholic detective called Jim Bergerac who drives around in an old Now oh, what the hell's the make of that MG, car was it? A, Triumph maybe, oh, maybe I'm going to say Triumph but an old sports car and he's got an ex-wife with a, who's, his father-in-law is a bit of an entrepreneur who basically crops up in every single plot line imaginable yeah. Um yeah, it's both good and absolutely dreadful at the same time in probably totally equal measures, I would say.
0: Uh, it's a cavalcade of British character actors and that is, it's worth as you get older when you sort of realise who these people are and you've seen them in other things, that you can yeah. you can put an episode of Bergerac on and it's like Doctor Who, Doctor Who Doctor Who, like that, mm-hmm. as you go through. The trouble with it, I have,
1: I've watched a few back uh, in not that long, and the overriding thing is it's quite boring. <laughs> um,
2: it's a slight hindrance.
1: Yeah, like he, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Jim Bergerac is quite a boring character. Because <laughs> he is just a policeman, isn't yeah, he, really? And, and he's,
2: yeah. For all his brown leather jacket that makes him look slightly edgy.
1: Jersey in the eighties
2: is just strikes you as <laughs> just really dull. <laughs> yeah, it does um, have a great theme tune though, doesn't it? With uh, it, does, yeah, it combines it does. sort of um, lots of detective show signifiers with some accordion to uh,
1: indicate that it's a bit close to France. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, well, so, yeah. you've done a
0: great job selling it there, Steve. o yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I don't want I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to missell it. You know, I'm not. You're not going to be
0: responsible for lots of people rushing off and wasting
2: their lives watching uh, Bergerac. People
0: in, people in America importing box sets of Bergerac for r- ludicrous prices for import fees. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah,
1: it's It's quite. Yeah, it's a bit of a museum piece now. I think it, it's it's not dated very well. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: Anyway, moving on from that, <laughs> uh, I would—we did get a, a question from uh, Matthew Sullivan on on Twitter and saying that we know we all love our music and he has, his question was this what's your go to album artist group or genre as Oof. accompaniment to read to reading mcbain's does it change with the era of the novel there we go and i'll say straight out i don't tend to listen to music when i'm reading <sighs> yeah. because my brain doesn't do both at the
1: same time yeah i'd find that totally impossible i don't think i've ever yeah
0: i just can't i can't background music when it's on
1: no mm-hmm. if i ever have the telly on whilst i'm uh reading out of it on a very very low if not mute volume i so, actually yeah. do
2: tend to have music on a lot of the time when i'm reading just because i do a lot of my reading on my lunch breaks in work when i'm actually in work uh, yeah. so obviously just trying to shut out everyone's conversations so um yeah i quite often and i'll listen to like Uh, jazz when i'm I'm reading not particularly just reading McBain, but it's quite good to have on when you're reading because obviously not having a vocal a lot of the time can can be helpful with not having something that
1: just you out
2: out of reading um it's never occurred to me to try and match it match things up by era um i was listening to i guess a lot of kind of late 50s early 60s sort of um hard-bop, post-bop, kind of early free jazz, at Coleman, Charles Mingus. Um, and I've also recently got a bit into um, the second Buddy Rich big band when he reformed them in the, the 60s and they were a little bit groovy in 60s. Um oh, right. it, Well worth a listen to. Um, so that's kind of what I tend to listen to whilst reading
0: my McBain's. Well that's interesting because I think from what I know about McBain's musical tastes I think he would probably approve of most of that I think <laughs> as well. Uh yeah I don't like I say I don't I don't really listen to music whilst reading and it's I don't know if it's just some sort of psychological fear of not paying enough attention to one or the other I probably should just relax about it and not worry. But there you go but what this question does give rise to is you could probably go for every year that one of the books comes out you could go and find the perfect accompanying mm. record or something like that. So that might be a fun challenge to think about. <laughs> you might have to try and do that online in some way, you know, because whatever you listen to for cop hater, the mugger and the pusher in 1956, what would that have evolved into by 1966 or 76?
2: Oh, yeah. That's a good good yeah. call. Yeah. I like so, it. it.
0: It's an interesting question to ponder. <laughs> anyway. Talking about pondering music and stuff like that, I suggested that we might have a think about something from the year of the book that we personally each like. Hmm. So from 1981, like an album and a film that we, that we individually like that we could mention. Definitely. So, uh, oh, steve do you want to go first? What have you <laughs> think? What's your 1981 yeah,
1: picks? Well, it's a good job it wasn't going to be Bergerac, because <laughs> <laughs> fire up about Bergerac again. What a great guy. Uh, exciting place Jersey was. No, uh, well, I didn't... Um, I went with instinct here, and as soon as 1981 was mentioned to me, I just went for the first things that I knew that... Uh, uh, I've always liked from that year and so uh, is, do you want them in any particular order what, uh... do what you feel it's all new so well music we mentioned them earlier uh, Iron Maiden would be 1981 Oof, yeah. uh, Killers released uh, yeah, which cracking. I think was released towards the and they toured with it I think they probably toured maybe we I don't know anyway um, yes yes Quite uh, an underrated Iron Maiden album, I would say, oh, uh, but an absolute uh, cracker. Excellent. In the main songs that they'd had kicking around for quite a while, I think really. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the uh, the title track and Wrathchild and Murders in the uh, the Rue Morgue, the Ides yeah. of March. Oh, yep. Great
0: record. Yeah. It Very is. Good.
1: Yeah. And Blended. probably, I think that was probably the first Iron Maiden LP I had. Fished out of a bargain bin for a couple of quid, I'm sure, mm-hmm. uh, in Huddersfield, yeah. But uh, a okay. great record,
0: smashing. I and mean, what's your, your film again? Choice? I
1: went, I went for the first film that I thought of that I knew came out in 1981, which is Daz Boot, which also has oh, right. the added spin-off of having a television series, which is, I think, I think it's all the same thing. It was made at the same time, so basically the cinematic release. Uh, is just basically a, a shortened down a cinematic a version, yeah, bridged of the television series, which must have run for eight to mm. ten hours. I would have thought. Um, and anybody who doesn't know it, it's a uh, a German U boat crew story of in the Second World War, and it's uh, yeah, as war film goes, it's um, it's very interesting and um, quite moving. And that's lots of people shouting the word "alarm" uh, <laughs> in <laughs> regular intervals and moments of great tension, especially when they're trying to navigate the straits of Gibraltar. And good, very. It's got very good music. Somebody famous would have undoubtedly done the music for that, I'm sure.
0: All oh, right.
1: Um, but Jürgen Prock, now, all in German, so subtitled. But yeah, excellent.
0: Yeah, good pick. Good pick. Well, my picks. Music-wise, i it's a funny period. I obviously did what I normally do, which is look around Beatles and ex-Beatles. Mm. But funny, 1981 is a funny year where there's not masses of stuff happening. Only Ringo's got an album out in that. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Lennon was killed mm. in 1980. Uh, and mm, yeah, so there wasn't anything in that field. So I picked a Zapper album. Excellent. And I've picked Tinseltown Rebellion. It's a button. Which... Yeah, it's one of my favourites of the Zappa albums of that era. I mean, it's qu- quite coarse in terms of the content and the lyrics and things, but it's it's mainly live recordings, isn't it? And it's got Stevie Vai on on guitar on there as well.
2: Yeah, it's it's got like quite a bunch of uh, pretty convincing reworkings of older material and some some fairly uh, solid new stuff, hasn't it? It's a, it's a, yeah, that's... a strong strong uh, early eighties band.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the fact that it's got a couple of older things on it as well. The, the,
2: that I, the band being able to do brown shoes don't make it all the way through live, I think, is is staggering. Um, that was that's that was pretty great to hear.
0: Yeah so that that was my pick uh, out of I mean I think he probably produced about three or four records that year himself definitely, that, but, yeah you are um, what
2: you is and the, the, the shut up and play your guitar possibly that year
0: as well yeah I think that's that's yeah, there but that was that ended up being my pick uh, for 1981 music wise and for film I've picked Clash of the Titans
1: terrific I don't think I've ever seen it
0: the Ray Harryhausen animation oh it's wonderful
1: Jason the the Argonauts was on last week
0: well, keep an eye out. You're likely to be Clash of the Titans at this very soon because it's sort of always on. I
2: tend to go uh, hand in hand, don't they? Those, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I've always loved Clash of the Titans. I've, I've always loved the little clockwork owl <laughs> in it, and I just those Ray Harryhausen animations just absolutely transporting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not one that does down CGI because you know some CGI is absolutely fantastic. The Avengers films, for instance, and things like that. Mm. You can't you can't fault that in terms of effects and storytelling but when you then go and see something like Clash of the Titans with the stop motion animation and you're still totally sucked into the story yeah it's uh, it's very powerful very powerful <laughs> So what are your picks, Morgan? Um, yeah, like music-wise, it it there was a
2: lot to choose from for me because 1981, um, in terms of punk, particularly kind of the developing American kind of hardcore punk scene, there was loads of stuff to choose from, like debut albums by Black Flag and The Adolescents and a lot of bands like that. Mm. But actually, after a bit of consideration, I think my uh, pick to recommend to everyone would have to be um, Fair Warning by Van Halen. Oof. Ah, their fourth album. Um, it's my favourite Van Halen record. It's an absolute corker. Um, bit bit darker than, than uh, their earlier material to some extent, but still loads of fun. Great tunes, amazing guitar playing. Just um, yeah, not a moment wasted. Really um, cool. Who's the singer on that? Uh, Diamond oh. Dave, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Diamond Dave Lee Roth. Yeah, it's uh, a pre-jump, but uh, yeah, not as successful, I think, probably chart wise. I don't think it really had like a a hit single or anything, but um, yeah, lots of great stuff on there. Um, and excellent a, a lot of kind of live favorites um and then film wise i'm gonna go for um scanners the david cronenberg movie
0: oh um, yeah which, <laughs> excellent um,
2: I, I've, I've always been kind of fascinated by it's uh, i love the early cronenberg movies anyway um and obviously some spectacular special effects.
0: Patrick McGowan in it. Patrick and
2: all. McGowan, definitely. Um, I seem to recall a, a pretty cool kind of analogue soundtrack as well. Loads of paranoia. It's yeah, just, you know what you're getting with those, those early Cronenberg movies. It's um, weird and fascinating and and just yeah really compelling even though it doesn't necessarily make a massive amount of sense i think <laughs> i think i read somewhere that, that they were still writing the script whilst they were filming it and it it feels a little bit like that but you know it doesn't stop it being great
0: hmm. excellent stuff well there you go that's should anyone wish to peer into our view of 1981 they can, they can follow up on those things so yeah interesting okay. stuff yeah Right, excellent. Well, I think that'll do us for our bonus mm-hmm. episode for this this particular outing. We will be back before too long with our look at ice. Oof. We've had heat, we're going to ice. <laughs> this is where we're at now, single word titles for a little bit anyway. Right, so until next time, I'm going to sign off with a hearty goodbye. Goodbye.
2: And fare thee well.